Welcome to I Know A Lawyer podcast. Ever wish lawyers would talk about the law like regular people? If so, then this is the podcast for you. Enough with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to I Know A Lawyer. I am Ryan Lockhart, your host for the next 20 minutes or so. I Know A Lawyer is brought to you by McKenna Brink Seniorati LLP, a boutique law firm in Walnut Creek, California. Check us out at McKennaBrink.com to see the legal services and solutions we can provide you. Today's episode is about uninsured property damage and wildfires. Joining me to discuss this topic is Sally Noma of Noma Law Firm. How are you today, Sally? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me as well. I was looking forward to this conversation. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you, your practice, and also where, where can they reach you? Absolutely. So Noma Law Firm is based in Oakland. We litigate throughout the state of California. My practice is based in uninsured property damage, wildfires, and subrogation on behalf of insurers. I've been in this industry for about 15 years now. Really love what I do. Love my clients. And you can find us at nomalaw.com. Great. Thank you. So subrogation, you did mention that term. You know, even as a lawyer, I've heard this term, but I really don't know what it is. So let's just start there. What What is subrogation? So subrogation basically means that an insurance carrier steps into the shoes of their insured and takes on all of their rights and remedies against any tortfeasors. So in layman's language, let's say, Ryan, your house burned down and you are a responsible citizen. You have insurance with all state insurance. Allstate Insurance is going to pay you out to rebuild the damage from your house. What subrogation means is since Allstate paid you, say, a half a million dollars to rebuild your house that burned down, they have now taken on any rights you might have to try and recover that from a third party. So let's say Allstate hires me and says, hey, Ryan's house burned down. Sally, go figure out what happened. I find out that the reason that house burned down is because there was a defective toaster manufactured by Cuisinart, let's say. I would sue Cuisinart on behalf of Allstate to get Allstate's $500,000 back. So basically, it just means the insurance company is suing for you because they've paid you. But if you didn't have insurance, you would have to sue Cuisinart yourself. Oh, great. That makes total sense. So if I'm the homeowner and my house burns down, hey, my primary concern is I just want to get my house rebuilt. My insurance company gives me that money to do that, but I'm just going to assign over any potential claims I have over to the insurance company. And that's where they go to you to go after that. So that's great. So me as a homeowner, I'm covered and I get my house rebuilt. So let's talk also about wildfires. I know this is a big area that you're in. We're in California. Wildfires are an annual event for a large part of the state. So talk a little bit about how wildfires you know, because you just mentioned that if there's somebody, a third party was wrong, you can go after them. Uh, but wildfires, people would say, well, that's a natural event. How can you, you know, litigate over wildfires? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, first, I'll tell you about the theory as to why you can pursue public entities. So most wildfires that end up getting litigated because, you know, wildfires, well, let's just say you have a wildfire where it causes a million dollars in damage. If it was caused by some person throwing a cigarette on some grass, obviously you're never going to be able to get back anyone's money from someone who has nothing 
And so you're never going to really sue or pursue it. When you see these cases that go forward, it's against large companies and a lot of times, unfortunately, in California against large utilities that have issues with their equipment and the maintenance of their equipment. In California, if you are a public entity, you are subject to a higher standard. So it's called inverse condemnation, and you've probably seen it in the news with everything happening with the Camp Fire and the North Bay fires. But it basically says, look, if you're providing a public service and that public service goes wrong, even if you didn't do anything wrong, but that that public improvement failed somehow, it's not fair to let the homeowner have to pay for that because this public service benefited the entire community, sometimes the entire state. So it's only fair to have that public entity pay the cost and then distribute that amongst anyone who was damaged. So it's basically a public policy of how to spread risk and that the risk should be borne by the public entity, not by the individuals that are affected since this project has a common goal. And the providing of electricity is a common goal. And even there's a lot of case law that talks about why even though you might be a corporation, you're considered a public entity, but that's that's kind of boring. <laughs> we'll just say for now that that's the idea behind it, is that it's an idea of fairness. Uh, it makes, so obviously this has been in the news a lot lately with, you know, the big, the big electricity company in California. But what about other types of, you know, natural type disasters like flooding, you know, so I grew up in Sacramento. Flooding was always the main concern in Sacramento because Sacramento would have floods every so often that would definitely impact a large part of the city. Is this the similar type of situation to wildfires? Flooding, um, water losses are different in terms of inverse condemnation, because if you're a county or a city or whatever, and you're trying to control water, water's a lot more difficult than con- to control than an instrumentality such as a power pole or something that you've literally manufactured and built. So it's much more difficult to get a strict liability type of case against someone dealing with water. Plus, um, most water facilities that break or overflow, you're dealing with public entities that have really strong protections. So the most kind, other than just hopefully having decent insurance, the most kind of flooding losses that I see where I get calls from people are the types of floods that aren't covered under your homeowner's insurance but might be recoverable against a city or a county. So for instance, here in the Bay Area, we have older sewer pipes. So sewer pipes are something that are built. It's not just water runoff that could flow wherever and who's gonna really control it sometimes. But if your sewer breaks and then it floods, again, your house, Ryan, I'm picking on you here, but- That's okay. (laughs) A lot of times that's not covered by insurance because it's considered flood water. And you might live in an area where you're not subject to floods because you no longer live in Sacramento, so you don't have flood insurance. And all of a sudden you have $100,000 worth of water damage to your house from a flood that came in. So that is a situation where that old pipe that broke, that sewer serves the public by providing sewage for everybody. It's not fair to have Ryan bear the cost of that we would ask the water municipality or the city or whatever to pay you for those damages. And that's another example of inverse condemnation. Hmm. So I'm, I'm the homeowner. I have insurance. I think I'm covered. 
what are, should I be looking at my insurance policy? What are some key points I should be looking for when I review my policy? The big thing I would look at is what's your cost to rebuild? And do you have what they call extended limits coverage or biz roll coverage? You'll see it where it says, basically, if there's a catastrophe, it'll pay you 50% more or 75% more over and above what it would actually cost to build your house. And the reason that's important is, again, living in California where we have wildfires, everyone and their mother is going to be... <laughs> everyone's going to be trying to rebuild their house at the same time. And the costs of construction go through the roof. So you want to make sure you have that extended coverage. So look at your rebuild cost, make sure you pay. It's a very nominal amount to have that extended limits. And the other thing to think about is what on your policy isn't covered and how do you document that? When I represent folks that have uninsured losses, wildfires is a great example where many people have insurance for their homes, you don't really think about how many things aren't insured and that it would have been great to at least document those things. So you might have a comic book collection. You might have a piece, some jewelry that you didn't think was worth getting a special policy for, but it's meaningful to you. There are certain things that you can't get insurance for. Maybe your house has beautiful oak trees in the backyard and they burn down, or you have a little acreage where you grow avocados or something like that. All of those things are reimbursable um, if there is, you know, litigation involved, but you're not going to have a homeowner's insurance policy that's going to pay you for your 100-year-old oak tree that that burned down. Yeah, that's a good point. So I had a, I'm thinking about a client I had, a state planning client who had a multi-million dollar baseball card collection. And he, I asked this question, like, so do you have insurance for this? And he, he was looking at me and I could tell he was thinking his homeowner's insurance policy was going to cover it. But the more he thought about it, he thought, no, I don't have insurance for this because it's such a unique item or collection. And so he actually went out and got some, you know, policy in place just for that specifically, because it had so much value that he could at least cover in the event that something happened to him that he could pass it on to his kids too. So great point. I had a, another quick question about homeowner's insurance policy. So one key takeaway I would say from what it sounds like is don't assume your homeowner's policy is going to be totally comprehensive. Um, and I know another issue that's popped up with some clients who have properties up, let's say farther North in California is they can't get insurance anymore because of the wildfires that have been happening the last couple of years. So they're finding themselves definitely as uninsured property and they're worried about the next wildfire. So is there any recommendations for those types of folks? One, I would say call the state. California Fair Plan um, has, has a program for folks that are in areas where you cannot get traditional insurance. It's not cheap. And the reality is when these wildfires happen, there's a ton of people that don't have adequate insurance. So if you decide not to call California Fair Plan and invest in that policy, and God forbid the worst happens, I would absolutely recommend to get an attorney right away because an attorney is going to understand how to preserve your rights, how to lay out your damages, um, and you unfortunately won't have the benefit of an insurance company to help you along. In most cases, if you have a loss and you have insurance, you can kind of piggyback off what the insurance company is doing, right? Because obviously, Allstate wants their money back. 
they're going to hire experts. They're going to do an investigation. They're going to have me involved. And so you can kind of say as a homeowner on the side, hey, by the way, um, I have some uninsured property damage. Can you can you help me with that or help me find someone? And that's a huge resource to have your insurance company kind of help you along and guide you along or maybe even recommend an attorney if you ultimately need one. But if you take your chances and something terrible happens, I think it's absolutely worth the investment to call an attorney right away. The other thing to keep in mind is the example I gave of Ryan's house burns down and it turns out it's the the Cuisinart toaster. You also want to protect your rights in the event, again, non-wildfire, your house burns down and someone thinks it's you, right? Or <laughs> you're t- you have a tenant occupied property and there's a fire there. You might think, oh, well, the tenant caused it. And the tenant might be saying, no, Ryan, it's Ryan's fault because he didn't repair XYZ and ABC. So if you don't have insurance to protect you from potential claims by other parties, all the more reason to get an attorney involved right away, just in case something goes south. Yeah, great advice. I definitely recommend to clients who have, you mentioned the tenant occupied party. So they have a you know, residential rental property that insurance question is a different one than their own home, for sure. <laughs> it needs to be dealt with differently. So, Sally, if a if somebody out there listening does have what they think is an uninsured property claim, um, you mentioned you work with a lot of insurance companies, but they can call you direct, correct? Absolutely. I also work with folks who are uninsured. I do both. And sometimes I even take pro bono work because every once in a while you get um, a tenant who has no money and their house burned down and they don't know what to do. So I'm always out helping the community. If there's someone you know who was a victim of a fire and is not of means, um, I'm happy to help someone on a pro bono level. And if um, you are a person who's either had a flood or a fire explosion, there's all kinds of bizarre ways that your house or your business could be damaged and it's not covered absolutely contact me at least informally to look at your options because the last thing you want to do is leave money on the table. Yeah. Don't assume that because lightning struck that tree across the street and it hit your house that you have no options. At least give Sally a call to discuss it because there might be something there that you can at least pursue. Um, great. So really good point. Yeah. That actually happened to a client of mine where lightning hit a tree and the tree hit his house and it wasn't on his property. The tree wasn't. So he thought, uh, what can I do? It's an act of God. And, you know, that's that term. Like I said, I like to say that I dispel myths in the tax law. So I'm sure you get to dispel a lot of myths about, uh, you know, property damage when it comes to these, what people call natural disasters, when they're not always natural, there might be a cause that we can actually pinpoint to. That it came is from- so true. Everyone. Yeah. And there are standards of care for trees and maintenance and you, ha- you have to abide it or else they really will become weakened and pose a serious danger and be a premises liability issue for, for that owner. Absolutely. Oh, great. I had a great time talking with you today, Sally. Um, why don't you tell the audience one more time where they can reach you and your contact info? Sure. Our, our website is nomalaw.com. And um, you can absolutely go on there and fill out a contact request form and look forward to speaking with you. Yep. That was, thank you, Sally. So Sally Noma is, and I'll just say the expert in the subrogation area, she is widely known in the legal community as the go-to person, especially when it comes to the wildfires, because she's been so heavily involved 
in all the wildfire situations and litigation, especially over the last, I know it's been more than five years, but it's been really heavy in the last couple of years from my understanding. So give Sally a call. Thank you, Sally. Um, is there anything I might've missed you can point out or? No, I appreciate you having me on, Ryan. Um, you're, I'm glad to have you as my attorney and you're an even better podcast host. Ah, thank you. Hey, I'm getting better. I mean, it's, uh, it's just like any other skill. You got to practice it. So the more I do that, I feel like the better I'm getting, but I appreciate the comments. Thank you very much. All right. That was Sally Noma. Thank you, Sally. And this is I Know a Lawyer. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Interested in what the team at McKenna Brink Seniorati can do for you? Contact them at McKennaBrink.com. Also on Twitter at MBS Law LLP or even Facebook. Thank you for listening, and now you know a lawyer too.